Good evening, it is 5 p.m. and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. You're tuned into The Scoop, hosted by CFRC's News Collective, Alexandra Fernandez, Dinah Jansen, Chancellor Miracle, Christina Laurie, Zayden Vergara, Erica Singh, and Mary McKetty. I'm Alexandra Fernandez, and today I am joined in our virtual studio with members of Queen's Hillel, as well as Hillel Ontario. I am joined by Emily, Molly, and Natalie, so let's welcome them on to CFRC. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Before we get into it, can you just introduce yourselves for us? Tell us a little bit about yourself and perhaps what you do um, as part of Hillel. Hi there, I'm Emily Brightman. I am a second year health science student um, and I am part of Queens Hillel as a um, Holocaust Education Week lead. I'm Natalie. I'm a fourth year life science student and I'm part of Queens Hillel with Emily as another lead. I'm Molly Milchberg. I work for Hillel Ontario here at Queen's University campus, um, where we support all of these amazing Jewish students who are running programming like Holocaust Education Week. So you're all part of um, either Queen's Hillel or Hillel Ontario as a sort of broader organization. Can you tell us a little bit about what exactly Hillel does um, and what sort of things that the club and organization offers for students? So as part of, um, I can speak on behalf of Queen's Hillel, um, it's basically a um, student community that just like allows um, people to come together and like share, um, share different experiences together. And we have different activities that we try to like have weekly, um, some like for everyone and yeah, it's a really great way to kind of have like a home away from home almost um, with some really great people. I'm happy to add a little bit to that. So Queens Hillel is the Center for Jewish Life on campus. We provide social, educational, religious opportunities for all students, but primarily for Jewish students on campus at Queens. And we create a do our best to create a pluralistic environment for anyone in the Queens community, regardless of denomination or religious belief. And one of our annual campaigns, which is this week, is Holocaust Education Week. And it's one of our larger, more significant campaigns to have a presence on campus and to educate and and make our presence known. Great. Thank you so much for that. So as you mentioned, Holocaust Education Week is happening right now. It started on Monday and it is continuing into this week. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the events that you are hosting and some things that people can check out during the week to educate themselves more about the Holocaust? We actually started off the week on Monday with um, a How Is It Humanly Possible workshop, um, and that was really great. Um, We had some really good conversations and Tuesday and Thursday were tabling at MacQuarie um, from 10 to 4. Um, So we just have like our um, this like exhibition up and um, people can come by, ask questions. We have some books out. um, And then actually tonight we have a third generation voices panel. So we actually are having students and actually um, Natalie and Molly are two of our speakers. Um, Just speaking on behalf of the third generation um, 
students and like how the Holocaust actually affects them um, in their lives as like grandchildren of survivors. Friday is um, Remembrance Day for the Shoah, so which is the Holocaust. So um, we decided to do a Friday night Shabbat dinner um, with a survivor, David Moscovich, who's joining us um, and is basically talking about his experiences in the Holocaust and his family will be joining. And it's a really great opportunity for both Jewish and every student on campus to just come have dinner and um, hear firsthand what the Holocaust was and how it affected um, the survivor both back then, back then and also, you know, today. And it'll be a great opportunity to see the survivor with his family, as well as ask questions and just have dinner and everyone's welcome, both Jewish students and non-Jewish students. It's actually encouraged for everyone who wants to attend to just come regardless of, you know, any denomination or whatnot. So yeah, hopefully um, people want to join and it'll be a great opportunity to learn more about it. That's really great. Thank you so much. Um, can you tell us also a little bit more about what resources are available to Queen students or just any students listening um, in regards to Hillel um, at Queen's and Hillel in Ontario? Hillel is really the home for Jewish students on campus, um, or at least we like to think of ourselves that way. And there are other Jewish organizations that operate in Kingston. Of course, there's the synagogue. There is the Kingston Jewish Council. There's also Chabad that operates in Kingston. And we really enjoy working with these different organizations to create a what we say in Hebrew, kehila, a community here in Kingston. And any Jewish students listening or any Jewish students not listening are more than welcome to follow us on Instagram, reach out, ask any questions, because we're here for you guys. Well, thank you so much for all those amazing answers. Remember, folks, to check it out at Queen's Hillel on Instagram. Go check out the link in the bio so that way you can attend some of these events. Thank you again so much, Molly, Natalie, and Emily, for joining me today on CFRC. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much, Alex. And now we are going to throw it over to Erica with Campus Corner. Hello and welcome to Campus Corner. My name is Erica Singh and today I'm joined by Kara Cancer Classics co-chairs. Can you both please introduce yourselves for our listeners? Uh, yeah, for sure. My name's Amy Janes. I'm in fourth year commerce. I started on CCC when I was in first year as a frosh rep um, and I'm from Whippy, Ontario. Hi, I'm Robert Hume. I'm also in fourth year commerce. I joined CCC at the end of my first year as the game logistics coordinator, and I'm from Stouffville, Ontario. Well, it's great to have both of you here today. Do you mind explaining what Cure Cancer Classic or CCC is? The Cure Cancer Classic is a student-run, non-for-profit organization, and we operate out of the Smith School of Business. Uh, the Cure Cancer Classic's been around for over 15 years, um, since its inception, but since then we've grown a significant amount. But really our main goal is to drop the gloves against cancer by running large-scale hockey events. We're most notable for the commerce versus engineering rivalry game, but we also have quite a few tournaments throughout the year, which are hockey tournaments as well as a annual golf tournament. This year's commerce versus engineering game is happening this March 2nd, so the week after our break. Mm -hmm. 
So, big scale events such as the hockey game must take ages to plan. What are some things which go into planning an event of the scale? Um, I think the biggest thing that we've realized is starting early. It's kind of a combination of getting the logistics done well in advance and sponsorship as well. And then from there, other portfolios on our exact kind of feed in in the later steps of the planning process, like the marketing team. But we do have a great team that helps us with all aspects of the planning and carrying out of the event. As we mentioned before, CCC has been around for quite a few years, and with that, we're lucky that the alumni have put together a a pretty good structure for most of our events. So while it is imperative that we start early and that our team is always on the ball, we're lucky that we have a good foundation to build off of, and more in these years, especially this year, Rob and I have noticed is a pivotal year for growth. We've been able to focus less on the logistics and more on opportunities to expand our scope, but within our executive we have quite a few portfolios. Each person on the team has a very specific role, such as uh, within the marketing portfolio, publications, graphic design, spanning to sponsorship, uh, community outreach, and corporate outreach, and so on from there. And the only other thing I could add is it helps us out that each individual on our team is very dedicated to what we do. Uh, I know it's a big ask to do these large-scale events, especially for students, but every single person on our executive is dedicated to get all their work done and always go above and beyond. So you recently hit a big milestone of over $1 million raised for cancer research. Congratulations on that, by the way. What are some of your goals for your term and for the future? Um, I think to start, the biggest goal for our term was growth. Last year was great. We hit a new record fundraising at over $340,000, and that was having our events back in person for the first time since COVID. And Amy and I's goal this year is kind of to build on that growth and use the momentum that we gathered last year to expand our events to even larger scales. So a few of the things that we've focused on to produce this growth is in terms of making our events more inclusive. So for example, with our golf tournament, the idea behind that is that not everybody has the opportunity to play hockey or knows how to. With golf, it's more inclusive and we can invite the entire Queens and and Kingston community as well as reaching out to our alumni and sponsors to join. We also this year have introduced a women's division in our annual Commerce Classic tournament. And this past weekend, we had four women's teams join us from various business schools across Ontario. That all sounds amazing. Now, you might have noticed this week has been the AMS's 165th birthday week. This has gotten me thinking that Queens has been around for so many years. Do you think CCC will be around for the next 50 to 100 years? And what do you hope they'll accomplish by then? Um, Well, we'd like to think they'll be around for that long. Um, It's got a very solid foundation right now. So I think that it will continue to be a part of the Queens community. And I know Amy and I would both like to see it grow to even larger. We've actually been in touch with a few schools this year who have started their own version of the rivalry game that that we do annually. So it'd be nice to see other schools and other communities kind of take up the spirit that we've captured at the Cure Cancer Classic. Yeah, to expand off of that, we have a really close relationship with the Canadian Cancer Society as well, who have been key players in helping us to achieve this growth. I think Rob and I are pretty confident that CCC is going to continue on this upward trend and also with the help of the Canadian Cancer Society, potentially even scale further to reach not just the Queens or the Kingston community, but really all of Ontario. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time today. Um, can you please state if Cure Cancer Classic has any Instagram pages or anything our listeners can follow to keep updated with you? 
Yep, we have an Instagram page. It is the at Cure Cancer Classic. Um, and we also have a website where we post information about our club. But just across campus, we try to promote, so stay tuned. And once again, our Commerce First Engineering Rivalry game will be on March 2nd. So keep your eye out for ticket sales booths across campus. Yeah, so just closing remarks, uh, our ticket sales for the Commenge game will release on February 3rd. And if you want to contribute to Cure Cancer Classic, we have a donation link in our website. Once again, that was Amy and Robert, Cure Cancer Classics co-chairs. Make sure to check out the Commerce vs. Eng hockey game on March 2nd and keep updated with them. Next, here are some campus news headlines for today. On January 23rd, 2023, PSAC 901, the union representing Queen's graduate student workers, held a town hall addressing Principal Patrick Dean's call for an end to the Ontario tuition freeze. The union had previously published a letter to Principal Dean addressing their outrage about the university lobbying for the end of the tuition freeze. The letter addressed the university's lack of understanding around the situation facing many graduate students, many of whom are living in poverty and are unable to afford healthy diets. For context, the Ontario government reduced university tuition fees by 10% and froze fees for funding eligible domestic students in 2019. In March 2022, they extended the freeze to the 2022-2023 to academic year. The university is also lobbying the provincial government to end the freeze to ensure Queen's gets adequate funding. The students at the town hall spoke about the high costs of living that come with being a Queen's student and the lack of help they receive from the university, including expensive housing and lack of affordable housing options. They also discussed the top stressors graduate students experience, which include financial insecurity, rental insecurity, and food insecurity. According to a report from last March, 52% of the users of the AMS Food Bank are graduate and professional students. PSAC co-stewards said that they will hold a rally on February 7th in front of Richardson Hall to coordinate their efforts with other universities across Ontario to bring light to these issues. The students are demanding that the university addresses the poverty they are facing and make it a mandatory part of the graduate curriculum. In other news, the AMS executive team at Queen's University is considering an opt-in legal service for students through student care, which currently provides the AMS health and dental plan. The service would give students virtual access to lawyers to help resolve disputes related to housing, employment, and intellectual property for a fee of $33 per student. The service is being considered as students are taken advantage of in the housing market and need more resources to defend themselves and understand their rights better. The AMS will not incur any costs as the service is based on student enrollment and a pool of universities would fund it. Similar legal services are already available at other universities such as the University of Waterloo and McGill University. The AMS is currently gauging student interest by conducting a survey, and if there is enough interest, the service will be put to a referendum. That's all for Campus Corner today. Thank you for joining us, and now over to sports. Good evening, everyone. My name is Zayden Vergara, and welcome to your CFRC Sports Roundup. Last Friday, the Queen's University women's basketball team hosted the Windsor Lancers for the OUA Anti-Racism Awareness Game. Queen's took the lead early in the first quarter and did not relinquish the lead, winning 77-47. to 
The next day, Queens had their Bell Let's Talk game against the Western Mustangs. Queens stayed strong and took the match 100-59. Isabella Goddett and Julia Chadwick both topped the scoreboard with 20 points. Speaking with Goddett after the game, she emphasized how important it is to have fun on the court. She expressed that her passion for basketball runs deep and the team's love for the sport greatly contributes to their consistent success. With the win, the Gales are the only team left undefeated in U Sports and have since claimed the number one spot on U Sports rankings. Last Saturday, the Queen's men's hockey team had their teddy bear toss match against the Nipsing Lakers to fundraise for the Queen's University Children's Health Association. By the end of the match, they ended up raising over $1,200. The game began with a goal from the Lakers just after the first half of the period. And before the Gales had a chance to come back, the Lakers scored again with just six and a half seconds remaining in the period. The second period was just as eventful as the first, full of penalties, broken sticks, and of course, goals. The first of which would come from number 19, Nolan Hutchinson. Here's a clip from CFRC's live coverage of the match. Now back the other way into the Queen's zone. Lots of speed for the Lakers. Perrick doing a great job, a huge hit. Being able to make sure nothing comes of that. Tied up by Fuller. Tries to go for the pass, not able to find it. Pass back up to Hutchinson. He makes his way into the Lakers zone. Behind the net, kept in. Great job by Perrick. Being able to keep the offensive pressure alive. Hutchinson getting ready as the puck is being taken away by Robert. Robert just going all the way around, doing laps in the zone. Make that one, two shots, wrap around, shoots and scores! A huge goal for Queens by Hutchinson and the teddy bears are on the ice, ladies and gentlemen. The action would continue as Hutchinson would capture his second goal and Perrick would finish the second period off with a third goal for the Gales. In the third period, the Gales continued to dominate by stacking goal after goal to finish the game 7-2. I was able to speak with number 19, Nolan Hutchinson, after the game. Here's some highlights from my interview. Um, can you speak a little bit more to the win? Because it was a 7-2 victory today. Your previous game was very close, 4-3 in the shootout, then 4-2 for both of them. Um, how does that speak to your growth as a team throughout the season? I uh, think it speaks a lot. I mean... Beginning of the season, we I think we were kind of sick, but um, getting pucks in the net. And yeah. tonight, that first period, we were really pressuring them. We, uh, the goalie had a great first period, and then all of a sudden, we got that one in the second, and kind of the, the floodgates opened up, so it's important <laughs> for the win. Now, coming up next is going to be uh, a few away games, but then you're back for the Car Harris Cup. Can you speak a little bit to that, the rivalry between you and RMC? Yeah, it's going to be a big game. I mean, it hasn't happened in two years, so I mean, everyone's pretty excited about that. And, uh, they're right behind us right now in the standings, and you know that rivalry has been the historical one. And over the years, we've uh, battled some games, so it's going to be intense. Perfect. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. That is right. Thanks. Tickets for the 35th Car Harris Cup are now on sale. Tickets can be purchased online through the Leon Center site. A limited amount of free student tickets are available in person starting today, Wednesday, January 25th, at the RQ Services desk. The match is taking place Thursday, February 2nd. This is not a match you want to miss out on. CFRC will have live coverage for you starting at 7.20. On that note, that is all for your sports coverage this week. Now over to Chris and Chancellor with a community update.
This is Chris coming in with your community update for this week. The Queen's University Library has started planning for the 17th annual Inquiry at Queen's Undergraduate Research Conference, which will be held in person this year on March 9th and 10th in Stauffer Library. The IAQ theme for 2023 is Misinformation, Rogue Inquiries. In today's social media, news-on-demand-driven world, misinformation is rampant. The spread of incorrect and misleading information by political and non-political players alike wreaks havoc on society's ability to make informed, critical, and evidence-based decisions. Misinformation and disinformation are so prevalent that the question needs to be asked whether it is in fact now the norm, while truth and facts are rogue actors. The IAQ conference celebrates the research of a new generation of scholars and critical thinkers by offering them a platform to share their voices, ideas, and creativity. While the 2023 theme is misinformation rogue inquiries, proposals on any research topic are welcome. The deadline to submit a proposal is February 17th, 2023, and you can find a more detailed call for proposals at queensu.ca slash IATQ. They're hoping to receive both individual and group projects that capture art, performance, creative writing, applied research, fieldwork, community engagement, archival research, and more. All participants will have their projects formally published in the IAQ conference proceedings. Questions and inquiries about the conference can be directed to the IAQ email, iatq at queensu.ca. The Agnes Ethering Art Center is now on retreat, which is what they're calling the period between January and June 2023, as they temporarily close their galleries for the preparation of Agnes Reimagined. Their retreat sees the launch of Open Secret, a collection of film screenings, artist conversations, and workshops with artists Paris Duonushapur, Chris Lee, Charlene Bambo, and Sophia Galisa Moriante. The series of screenings and workshops take its departure from Fred Moten's words that poetry investigates new ways for people to get together and do stuff in the open in secret, and invokes cinema's capacity to condition spaces for gathering. This series is free to attend, and you can sign up at agnes.queensu.ca. Another workshop still running while Agnes is undergoing transformation is From the Hearth, a new spoken word workshop series with Billy the Kid, running from February to April. Billy the Kid, a spoken word poet and storyteller, leads you through the art of storytelling and finding an individual voice that celebrates collective memory and belonging. All are welcome and no experience is required. This is also a free program, but you can sign up for the individual workshops or join the full series at agnes.queensu.ca. Sounding Board, a community conversation, the moving and interactive art piece by artist Heather Poachman will soon be seeing a new location. They started off at the Kingston School of Art, are currently at Taiwan Creativity Bar for the month of January, and are moving on February 1st to the Keys Job Center at 255 Baggett Street. Be sure to catch this exhibition at its various locations around Kingston before the end of May, and maybe leave your mark on the art piece. For more details about this project and where you can catch it, you can head to rubyartist.com. Those are all the updates I have for you, and next up is the weather. Thanks so much. I'm Mary McKetty, and this is your CFRC weather report. Keep your eyes on the sky Wednesday afternoon and evening, as we have a special weather statement in effect which calls for cloudy conditions and heavy snow. About 2-4 to centimeters of snow is expected to fall in the afternoon, with 20 km per hour easterly winds, a temperature high of minus 1 degrees, and a wind chill of minus 7. The snow will continue into Wednesday evening, with 10-15 to centimeters expected. Easterly winds of 20 km per hour alongside a low of minus 1 and wind chill of minus 7 will remain consistent throughout the night. Flurries continue into Thursday morning with light 20 km per hour easterly winds. However, the snow will clear by Thursday evening. A high of minus 3 comes Thursday afternoon, followed by cloudy skies and a low of minus 14 Thursday night. Now over to Alex with our traffic report. I'm Alexandra Fernandez, and here is your weekly traffic report brought to you by the City of Kingston. Lower Brewer Swing Bridge is closed until further notice. McDonnell Street will be closed from Johnson to Earl as of today until February 6th. 
Market Street from Ontario to King will be closed until February 11th at 5pm for the Optic Interactive Sound and Light installation that you should totally check out. University Avenue from Union to Earl will be closed until January 31st at 7pm and Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace will be closed until Jan 31st for construction staging. Please note that access to Wright Crescent is through the north intersection of Wright Crescent at Palace Roads. The School Streets Initiative is still in place. The following streets are closed from 8.40am to 9.10am and 3.20pm to 3.50pm on weekdays until June 29, 2023. Macdonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham Street from Ordnance to Colburn. The Play Street Initiative is also in effect. The following street will be closed from 3.30pm to 5.30pm on Mondays until August 28, 2023. Thomas Street from Cowdy to Patrick. Some other delays that you can expect, Front Road from Trailhead to King West, you can expect a lane closure on the north side until February 3rd from 7.30am to 3.30pm each day, Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, you can expect delays, and Jackson Mills Road near the KNP Trail is reduced to one lane for roadside safety improvements but remains open in both directions. King Street from Princess to Queen, you can expect a sidewalk closure from Jan 23rd to February 28th for the development at 18 Queen Street. And on Queen Street from King to Ontario, you can also expect a sidewalk closure until the Feb 28th. In regards to the Portsmouth Waterfront Pathway, the city has closed access to the pathway at the foot of Moa Avenue and Young Street and east of Lake Watch Lane to accommodate pathway and shoreline improvements. That's your traffic report, and now let's throw it over to Mary McKetty for our events calendar for the week. Thank you so much. I'm Mary McKetty, and this is your events calendar for the week. From now until February 4th, the Grapevine Theatre Project, a special project of Salon Theatre Productions, is offering early bird tickets to their debut production of City of Wine Harmonia, coming to you March 13th to 18th at the Spire, which is at 82 Sydenham Street. This production is directed by renowned Canadian director Nigel Sean Williams and is made up of local actors with a wide range of theatrical experience. Be sure to visit ticketscene.ca to get $5 off of youth, adult, and senior tickets, which were originally priced between $20 and $25. Next up, we have the Engineering and Technology Fair happening this Wednesday from 10.30am to 3.30pm. Both Queen students and recent grads are welcome to attend this hiring event, with various employers such as SNC-Lavalin in attendance to offer internships and careers in engineering and technology fields. You can register for free online by searching Queen's Careers Engineering and Technology Fair or by going to queensevents.ca. Coming up on Thursday from 6 to 9 p.m., Kingston's annual Reel Out Queer Film Festival will be kicking off with an all-ages live music, drag, and burlesque performance from various artists. This show is located at The Broom Factory, which is at 305 Rideau Street, with ticket prices at $12 for students and seniors and $15 for adults, which are available online at reelout2023.eventive.org. That's R-E-E-L out 2023.eventive.org. Reelout will be offering daily screenings of selected films at The Screening Room, which is at 120 Princess Street, starting this Friday until February 5th with showtimes and tickets available at reelout.com films. For your Friday night out, Kingston-based band The Wilderness has got you covered. From 7.30 to 9.30 p.m., these indie rockers will have you jamming out at the Isabel Bader Center, located at 390 King Street West. 
Tickets are available online at theisabeltickets.universitytickets.com with prices ranging from $10 to $21 for Queen students, $26 to $39 for Queen's faculty and staff, and $30 to $43 for general admission. I'm Mary McKetty, and those are all the events that we're highlighting for the week. Thank you so much for tuning into the CFRC's news programming. If you ever have a news story or tip to share, please reach out to news at cfrc.ca. Stay tuned for more programming coming up next. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.